0: Hey there i'm carolyn and i'm davi and we're just two asian women having candid conversations about whatever the hell we want to talk about with an intersectional flair
1: that being said today's topic is a continuation of our discussion last time about the movement for black lives specifically our experiences speaking about blm and racial injustice to our friends and peers get comfy and stick around Hi, everybody. My name is Davi. I'm one half of Just Two Asian Women, and I started doing social justice in 2020.
0: And I'm Carolyn, the other half of Just Two Asian Women. And if it's your first time listening, I'm Laotian-American. I have two dogs. I'm a Gemini, and we support Black Lives Matter. So, the last episode, we're kind of talking about how we felt about Black Lives Matter in general uh, when it kind of had a surge in mainstreamness again in 2020. But now we're going to kind of shift a little bit and talk about how we felt about talking about Black Lives Matter with our friends and peers, because that's important work that we all have to do because it's one thing to learn everything, but it's another thing to share what you've learned with people who, uh, you know, sometimes they don't take the time to go out and uh, learn what you learned.
1: Right, and I think one of the most effective ways is to change people's minds is to talk to them individually and have multiple conversations.
0: Exactly. When I started posting about Black Lives Matter in my story, well, obviously, I think it's really important to kind of let it be known where you stand. I don't want to be known as someone who's like apolitical and I just don't care enough to put something in my story or I don't think it's relevant enough to my brand or for my followers I feel really strongly about racial justice and police reform and stuff like that. So I'm like I'm gonna talk about it. It's not something to be hidden.
1: The more we speak it out into existence, oh my gosh, I'm actually saying that. <laughs> and just or just exposure for that matter, it really helps drive the conversation and is in the back of people's minds. So it's readily accessible.
0: <laughs> exactly. You gotta plant the seed, right? So to be honest, when I was sharing all that stuff on my social media platforms, all of the reception I got was, you know, generally positive. And, you know, I don't do that stuff to be praised or like pat on the back or like, good for you. You posted something. right.
1: What is that called again? Virtue signaling?
0: Yes. Virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. I don't post it for that purpose, but like statistically speaking, like any interaction that I get from that was generally positive. Mm-hmm. Which I'm pretty happy about. Um, like there is no random follower of mine who is like, "How dare you? This is stupid, blah blah, blah, blah blah. I feel pretty good about that, but <laughs> something that bothers me is when sometimes I will like DM a mutual of mine. Maybe they shared like some false information, or maybe they said something questionable in their story. and then I would be like, "Hey, uh, actually, that's not the case and you should probably like take this down Mm -hmm. and i hate it when they don't reply to me i'm all like bitch we talked so much before this red receipt is on no reply and i'm all like hell
1: no i'm
0: just trying to help you like i don't hate you
1: i know you're just saying yo i I like what you're doing but like that's what what you're saying is wrong so put up correct information for everybody
0: yeah, or like uh, very few times there'd be like a follower, a mutual who like asks a question in my story. Who's like, oh, but why blah, blah, blah. And I'm all like, oh, great question. It's because blah, 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 systematic racism, blah, 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 white supremacy, <laughs> blah, blah, you know, all that stuff. Right. And I would write a whole ass essay. I gave them so much of my energy and time and not even a reply. Like not even like, a oh. thanks. <laughs> they could have said thanks. They could have said uh, I disagree which would have been fine too I mean okay it's that's not actually fine because I would rather them be persuaded but it's <laughs> better than not replying
1: yeah exactly especially like, oh my god like I've been on the back end with Carolyn like she when like is looking up a topic or trying to apply back to somebody with information she will get a google doc out get her sources and everything correct so yep at yeah, least no one could clock me yeah
0: <laughs> I have NPR on speed dial oh my gosh <laughs>
1: I donated to them once. Does that count? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) And um, sometimes I would get, like, random internet people. Like, literally, I've never seen them in my life, and they come to my post. You know what happens, right? Yeah. I make a post about uh, talking about racial injustice, and then they come in. And I think this one person in particular, they're all like, Oh, interesting. You only started caring now. And I'm like... Like, they're not wrong, but they're coming at me with a bad faith argument. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, I agree. I think I saw that one.
0: You did? Oh, let me tell you, all Davi, like, jumped in hella quick. Because that, <laughs> that <laughs> random person, it was all, like, they tried to make some weird, like, argument. Argument. They claim. tried to sound smart. And they're all like well you only started caring right now because I look back on your post and you don't have any other posts about that and Davi <laughs> came in hella quick and she's all like typing noises <laughs> and I was all like oh that's so nice yeah good because I you was don't like, have to do that of course Davi but thank right
1: me. no I felt it I felt like it because I was like you're about you're not about to fuck with my girl Carolyn like <laughs> I'll tell you what's up because also he was just like some random ass person so I'll just like Okay, so here's my thing about arguing with random ass people online. Before, I did not do it. Well, I don't know what overcame me in summer 2020, but I was like, I'm about to argue with these people I do not know, which I would never do, but I used to think like, okay, this is futile, Mm -hmm. but then- a part of me is like, okay, does this benefit anybody? Like, why am I doing this? And first of all, I think it does. It benefits. Well, first of all, I'm sticking up to, sticking up for Carolyn so she knows she has support and doesn't have to like face that alone. Whether, I don't know if you wanted that or not. Um, did you want that or did you care? Like, if people no, were like. I, I really do appreciate it, but I would
0: prefer that, uh, like, my friends are mutuals or even random people not do that on mm-hmm. my post just because I know I can diffuse that person uh more quickly if that makes mm-hmm.
1: sense mm-hmm. um oh, okay.
0: or in a way that I would prefer though the arguments are great for my engagement so <laughs> okay. if you do do that pop off
1: yeah okay cool so yeah I was just like I don't know I think depending on the person if they want that support or not it, it might benefit them or it just might benefit other people who are reading yeah because um the guy was like claiming oh we don't care with back uh, until now like or like he was claiming like neoliberalism they always see that what's going on surface level right they don't see carolyn donating they don't see carolyn like learning all like about anti-racist work or see her reading books about that making like paragraphs like typing notes like they don't see that so it's annoying because to see only surface level what sh- is on her Instagram page is not fair. So anyway, to me. So anyway.
0: Sure. And I think a lot of that person's argument was irrelevant. But, you know, they weren't wrong in the sense that I did start posting it like in 2020. Right. So to that, I'm like, okay, yeah, pats off to you. You're right. <laughs> um, if you're ever like facing those people, like I always do reply to them. If they ask, like, a real question, if they come in with, like, literal, like, hate speech or, like, bad faith argument slash accusations, I'm all like, you didn't come in here to talk with me, you came in here to attack me, which doesn't require me to reply.
1: Yes. So- That's a really good key difference of like when to use your energy and when to just not choose your battles basically, right? Exactly. So there was a lot of people like that on that one post I'm referring
0: to. And I would just delete the comment, honestly, because I need to protect the vibes in my comments section. Because if yeah. you let the hate comments run rampant, like I know if you have a really big following, it's impossible to monitor all of them. Right. And I'm talking about like legit hate comments, not like reasonable criticisms right I legit hate comments that only come at you for uh, to attack with only spewing like false information and stuff like that i just delete them because i want people who actually have something to say feel comfortable saying it in the comments
1: yeah and that makes sense too and i, I saw something earlier that ring true rick really rang true to me it's like not all comments or opinions are equal and also that's your space so you can do whatever the fuck you want with your comments you yep. Do not have to reply. You don't have to keep it. Like I kind of learned that on my YouTube. Like some people say weird shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm deleting this because this is weird. (laughs) Yeah.
0: as you should. Uh, This is a little bit of a tangent too, but sometimes I watch a lot of like drama videos on YouTube. Yeah. And a lot of the drama commentators like criticize like problematic influencers for like deleting comments or turning off comments. Mm -hmm. And this might be a controversial opinion, but I kind of feel like they have the right to do what they want. Yeah, like, you don't have to keep all those comments there. Like, even though they're problematic, they're still like a person, and it's their space in their channel.
1: Yeah, totally. Let's say on Facebook. Uh, okay, I have like initiated some. Okay, so I usually on Facebook just reply back to people's nonsense. So like, there was this white lady on Facebook. I only knew her because she was like a mutual, but she was just like focusing on like all these black lives matters protests are so violent and like blah 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 and she was just focusing on the side effect of or the outcome of like racism and like um, black people being oppressed for like centuries instead of the actual problem like racism itself and like police brutality so i called her out on that i was like can you like not focus on that and like focus on the root cause and then she was like, well, they killed two police officers. Do you think that's helping? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I was just like, that's unfortunate. But like, again, the reason why that happened in the first place is because they're defending themselves or the anger and outlash of blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I called her out on her like white privilege. And she was like, you guys always like use that term. And I'm like, this is my first time ever talking to her. So I was like, you don't. I was like, OK. So I kind of just like, all right, I'm just going to stop <laughs> because like mm-hmm. at this point, like, what is my purpose? I'm trying to hopefully persuade somebody to like think differently. In in this case, she was entrenched in her own ideas. I knew that wasn't gonna happen, you know.
0: Yeah. Sometimes, I know you all have had this experience. Sometimes you talk to somebody and they're already too far gone. You're all like, "Oh shit, this person is literally not going to listen to anything
1: I say." Exactly. So I kind of just stopped. I was like, "Oh," I was like, "I tried to so like, hey," but I was like, "I just that was futile." So I moved on. Um, And then the second time I, like, argued or, like, talked back to somebody on Facebook, Um, we talked about it in our last episode, but just to reintroduce it again, it was somebody who implied that um, we, there's black on black crime and giving money. Oh, in Chicago, there's black on black crime, and they have, like, one of the strictest, like, gun laws and regulations, basically saying, like, giving money and stuff wouldn't help, but I said, like, I demystified the myth, there's no such thing as black on black crime. Um, crime comes from poverty crime comes from like lack of jobs frustration racism like so many different things so again people are not going to the root causes and understanding like the complexity of crime and 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 protests it's really frustrating because they only see like the surface but you know it's good that
0: you tried you Mm -hmm. know you're like maybe I could with these people and honestly Most of the time, it's not going to work, but we still have hope that it's going to lead to something good somewhere. We're never going to see that goodness, but it's going to happen somewhere.
1: Right. And I think like what Carolyn said in the last episode, like you kind of just throw it out there. And of course, they're defensive. They're not going to like really listen to you. But maybe down the line, they might with a very slight chance. Um, Maybe somebody else reading in the comment section, they're like, ooh, what's who's arguing today? Maybe they'll and like not have known about the myth of black on black crime, um, the root causes of crime in general.
0: Yeah. It's important to engage these people at the same time. It's important to understand when to back off or when it's even worth it to start. Yeah. You know, life is always about balance. So it sounds like two different ideas, but it's they need to be they need to mesh with each other and then life will be balanced
1: yes oh speaking of balance I feel like you have a story about uh that person in your art world who you tried to convince so hard oh and did you realize it was a lost cause because you you took your you took a long <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I love this story it makes me so mad but it's a great story okay so let me just preface um Going back to that uh, post about racial injustice real quick that Davi and I were talking about mm-hmm. earlier with our random internet people. Um, if they genuinely had a good question, you know, I would hit them up in the comments, you know, give an initial reply. Uh, very diplomatic if I do say so myself. At the end, I would be like, yo, DM me and let's keep talking because that's my way of calling them out like you're either just like wanting to have a pissing competition with me in public to kind of make me look dumb or you actually want to learn so it's like bring it to the dms and we could really talk so i could like understand where you're coming from
1: so it's very diplomatic but also assertive because it's
0: like yeah
1: because it's right it's like you weren't gonna leave it alone you're like talk to me if you have something
0: to say say it say it to my I would reply be like, "Don't reply to this comment. Just DM me," you know. And most of the time, they would just reply to my comment without DMing me. Uh, and like, Okay, I see you don't know how to read, so I'm gonna <laughs> DM you. So I would DM these people, and I would say almost out of all the people I DM'd, <laughs> only one person like actually engaged in some type of conversation with me.
1: Oh shit! Okay, yeah, no wonder, because I was thinking not probably m- not many people would have replied back to you. Okay, exactly. okay, 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 okay. Like a lot of people would just not reply. I'd be like, Hey, remember that conversation we had? I said
0: you should DM me, but you didn't. So I'm DMing you. So what's up? Exactly. People are a lot more, it's weird though. People are a lot more bold publicly. And then they would just end up like not replying or blocking me, which, like I said, totally fine. They can do what they want, you know?
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: If they want to protect their own weird, low key racist energy, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> like they didn't want to continue with that energy. They're just like, Heh, sprinkle. Racism right here. (laughs)
0: Um, But there was one person who did reply to me who was that guy claiming to be like a neoliberalist. Uh I still don't know what the fuck he was talking about till this day. Yeah, same. Um, I
1: looked it up and I was like really confused.
0: (laughs) But we had a a decent conversation. And in the end, like in my opinion, he kind of like stuck to his ways and I stuck to my ways. Right. But at least we were able to come to like an understanding like, oh, interesting. You feel that way. I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to get into like a little bit of a longer, deeper story about a time I really attempted to, like, confront someone who I thought was my friend, you know. Uh, we're going to call them Victor Crumb. We're going to stick to the Harry Potter-themed names.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, there's Victor Crumb. There's also another person, uh, Draco Malfoy, involved, but we'll bring them in later. And just to specify, these names are totally random, like they... I just choose the names from, like, a wiki list of Harry Potter characters. Mm-hmm. It really, I don't, like, think hard about how these characters relate to these people. Right. Like, it's they like, don't. Victor
1: doesn't, like, his personality does not relate to the person Carolyn's really talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's not that deep, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, Victor Crumb, um, I was in this art group. I ran the art group with Draco Malfoy. And Draco and I thought it was really important to talk about Black Lives Matter because it was happening. It's like, yeah, we're artists, but like racism affects every aspect of life. And it would be good to just let them know that we're willing to have these conversations. We're not just everything. Yes. And we wanted to let them know that we would be willing to have these conversations. You could come to us if you want to talk about it. Draco and I were like, hey, everyone, you know, Black Lives Matter is happening. It fucking sucks uh, because racial injustice sucks. Obviously, I worded it way more eloquently, but that's mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. the gist of it. Mm-hmm. So then Victor comes in and look, Victor has some shitty ass opinions, but I do appreciate them willing to come in to talk about it. White people say things and it lets you know that they're low key racist. Victor Chrome would say stuff like, "Oh, you know, my area can be extremely racist on both ends," <laughs> implies reverse racism, which literally mm-hmm. does not exist. Uh, they would say things like, "Oh, I have a black friend. I love black people."
1: Oh my god! I know
0: that's a classic, low key racist thing to say yes. if you're a white person.
1: It's like ready for them. They're saying that because they're defending something.
0: Exactly. It's like their proximity to a select number of black people. Uh, must mean that they're not racist. Victor also said, like, oh, you know, there's more deaths from gang-on-gang violence and from farming accidents than, like, racist stuff, you know, LOL. Yikes. I know. uh, You know what gang-on-gang violence means?
1: Girl, gang-on-gang is (laughs) black-on-black. Yeah, it's it's where are the white gangs at, okay?
0: <laughs> there, Maybe there, one
1: white gang. There probably are, but like, <laughs>
0: there's a lot of them. Uh, but based on what we know about Victor, we know that that's code, right? Everything that they're saying is kind of like coded, racist code, like polite
1: racist code for uh, racist ideas, right? Like we know we can we can encode we you know everyone y- y'all know what people are really talking about. Yeah. Uh, Victor also said like,
0: oh, you know, I would also like to say that I've heard from a good number of African-Americans in real life and on the internet that they're not happy with Black Lives Matter. Uh, But, you know, I don't know enough about the reasons, but I thought I'd bring up this weird opinion anyway, even though I have no opinion on it and no research on it.
1: Exactly. That is such a weird thing to say. It's like, okay, like you found a select few of um, African-American or Black people who don't support blm they don't speak for the entire black diaspora
0: exactly like i'm not going to explain like every little bit of why all of these right like coded ideas are racist because they are and if you are wondering how they are uh google it email us at just two (laughs) at gmail.com like it's let me tell you it was all ideas strongly rooted in racism right so basically, I was all like, what the fuck? I like Victor Crumb. Where the fuck did this come from? You know, Draco came in hot, you know, and Draco was all like, oh, blah, 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 you know, a little bit, I don't want to say angered, I think appropriately emotional, you know, yes. you know, and I was saying my piece, too. And at the end, Victor was all like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. I shouldn't have said anything. I knew you're all <laughs> going to tag me. And I'm all
1: like. Oh, bitch (laughs) we call that white fragility okay
0: literally that is white fragility like they say something uh they think their opinion is like god and we're all like actually your opinion is kind of shit and here's like literal reasons why and they're like why are you attacking me (laughs) and we're like we're having a conversation all opinions are equal
1: kidding they didn't say that but like honestly in this world where like everyone can put an opinion out be careful uh all opinions are not equal no they're not (laughs) and um i just thought
0: it was interesting that they felt so like um attacked and disregarded when they literally disregarded every point that i would have to say by like i would reply to everything that victor would say in a very concise and in my opinion a very like reasonable polite manner but, it you was. know, white fragility is very fragile. Like, yes. a feather would break it. So, uh, even though I exactly. came in politely.
1: It was very polite because Carolyn would send me the uh, uh, screenshots. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Thank you. Yeah. And it was just very, I feel like it was very objective. It, was, it wasn't like, you know how, like, when you talk, we talk to people, Carolyn never had ever, like, attacked um, Victor's character. It was talking about the idea. It was never like, oh, you're racist. Or like, you're stupid. You know, it was like, oh, have you considered this? Or to address this, it's actually like this.
0: Yeah. So I was really troubled by what Victor had said. Like, literally, it bothered me so much. It's fuck- literal racism. Like, obviously, yeah. it's going to fucking bother me. And in my own art group, you know? So to find out, that's what Draco and I were worried about. We were like, what if we start talking about this? And we find out someone is like harboring and clinging onto racist ideas for dear life. Mm-hmm. and we found out that someone was I decided to talk to Victor in the DMs because I knew that they felt very dogpiled on in the group that we were in in the online group space that we were in but I do have to say when we were in the art group like it was literally just me and Draco uh, kind of challenging Victor's ideas
1: yeah so uh, it can, it can really come off at least to Victor like two people two, three, two versus one type thing
0: uh yeah but I totally understand that because again fragility mm-hmm. yeah um, but also I felt uh honestly kind of disappointed that no one else kind of like chimed in with anything right mm-hmm. like there was a good number of people in the group it was not like three or four people oh I see more, like weird that no one else like talked about anything you know
1: yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like the bigger the group, the less likely people were, are willing to participate. But at the same time, though, it's I think it depends on the type of people we have as well. I suppose. Yeah, I wonder group size and, like, you know, whether they care about enough or to or courage enough. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I, I'm i not going to rationalize it. Like, if you yeah. want I feel like it is disappointing. Right. In my mind, it seemed like everyone in silence actually agreed with Victor. Oh. And that's why they didn't want to say anything because they knew that there was opposition to Victor's ideas. Victor's right. ideas entrenched in racism.
1: Yeah, totally. I can see, yeah, feeling disappointed in like everybody else too. It's like, so what do you guys side on you on? It's safe, I think it's safe to assume, you know, people believe in those like common beliefs of those stupid racist ideas.
0: Yeah, racism is unfortunately more common than we think. So yeah.
1: look, I can't confirm if
0: that's actually the case between the other people in that right. group that's how you felt exactly mm-hmm. yeah and when they don't state their case like what the I just don't know yeah you know not even a dm to me in private like hey I saw the comfort like nothing mm-hmm. nothing, nothing. all so it's unfortunate really but um I found out later that Victor had actually apologized to Draco like hey sorry I got a little heated back there blah 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 um, and let me tell you, even though this is an online space, they know what Draco and I look like. They know I'm Asian. They know that Draco is white.
1: Yeah, and Victor is white. So it's really odd that they o- only apologized to Draco. Exactly. not Carolyn.
0: I wish that uh, Victor had reached out to me. Again, I'm not looking for a pat on the back. I'm not looking for like, a, that was amazing, blah, blah, blah. But... <laughs> If I'm gonna engage with someone for that long, like putting a lot of effort, a lot of good faith effort, really. And I think anyone could tell from reading the transcripts of that incident. I just wish there was some acknowledgement. Cause like I said, Victor didn't even acknowledge the points that I was making. They'd be like, um, okay, anyway. Yes, which is very frustrating. It is very frustrating. And the kicker was that Victor really believed that they were like <sighs> oppressed, you know? <laughs> they're white okay they are white and they're all like but then there's me and i'm just a little old christian person and i'm all like
1: yeah (laughs) what the heck which is stupid
0: like the look on my face is like cringe
1: dude that's so cringe because being christian is not a marginalization it's a privilege like yeah in america yeah good okay if you're christian you're good bro (laughs) bro like if you it, it, just to get uh an argument for or evidence for that look at the past presidents if you're not christian you're not gonna become president if you're an atheist oh hell no you're never becoming president (laughs) so you're good if you're christian Uh, no one is uh persecuting you here no
0: no um so uh, those are all the ideas that victor harbored right and i'm all like damn that is problematic as fuck and I think about all the other pleasant times that I've had with Victor and while like, there must be something in there that would make them realize that their ideas are actually gonna continue the cycle of racism and hurt. So I decided to DM them in private. I wrote up like a really nice researched letter like, hey, these are all the things you said. Uh, this is why I think they're wrong. Here are links to more resources describing why they're wrong. And uh, I want you to read it. You don't have to reply right away because, again, when people reply right away to your letters, they are just going to cry or yell at you. Mm -hmm. It's just a natural defense reaction. I get it, you know. So it's like, just read it. You don't have to reply right away. I prefer that you don't. But uh, this is how I feel. Like, it made me feel really uncomfortable, the fact that you said all this. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Victor came back bitch victor was mad as fuck yeah I they forgot.
1: were <laughs> hella mad they and they replied immediately too so you yeah, know that's hell on that. it's funny because when carolyn sent me her, the letter i was like i was like carolyn hey, this is beautiful but in my head i'm like dang like the like they're gonna reply back with you know not not as much effort and thought <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah. actually victor was like uh first of all they were fucking mad as hell you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh they're all like i'm so fucking offended by what you wrote carolyn that's what Mm -hmm. they felt like they were being like attacked for having opinions basically which is questionable they also blamed me for their very severe mental health issues that happened so love that i'm just kidding that's very (laughs) manipulative yes Uh, They blamed me for them, like, feeling absolutely terrible. I won't get into details because it is trigger worthy. Then when I knew that it was actually the end, they unironically linked conservative talking points.
1: Yes. Ew. Who do they listen to? Who's that one lawyer who's so annoying? Uh, They linked, like, that one person who sits at the table and they're like, change my mind. Oh um, no.
0: <laughs> linked like Bean, Sharpie, you know. And I was like, oh, you know, I thought that I could bring you back, but you're actually so far over there. Yes. My efforts were futile.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I didn't can- know that.
0: And let me tell you, the letter, even though I was calling her out for harboring racist ideas, like I'm sure anyone would be offended by that. In my opinion, it was written out uh, pretty objectively. And I didn't make it public to anyone, so I wasn't, like, publicly attacking them or anything like that. Hence the DMing part, right? Yeah. And then they turn around and decide to blame me for the fact that they have really bad mental health issues, and I'm the sole cause of that.
1: Yeah, that's so bad. Uh, Yeah. And not gonna lie,
0: like, even though I know that's a manipulation tactic and it really holds no ground, like, I still feel Mm -hmm. bad, you know, as a human. I'm more like, oh. I don't want them to feel that way, even though they have racist ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when they unironically linked those conservative talking points, that's when I realized that there's no. It was time to give up, like for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like, at some point, it's like there's only so far you could go, and they don't care about me enough, and honestly, nor me them enough to help them unlearn
1: yes and i think uh, you try your very best but even like thinking from the beginning when uh carolyn was giving you know counter arguments to <clears throat> to uh victor's like racist ideas they had not even addressed any of carolyn's counter arguments so they were not tr- they're not receptive they were not trying to reflect on their experiences and like hmm, i wonder how me as a white person um should take some advice or like um, insight from a person of color they're not thinking like it sucks but they're not thinking like that you know they're like hmm maybe I could learn from somebody who's a minority like it's (laughs) unfortunately
0: yeah so it is very unfortunate and then at the very end of the note uh, or the end of the message uh, Victor was like okay now leave me alone because otherwise I'm gonna have another fucking mental break because of you And I was Um, like, okay, fair enough. I'll leave you alone. Just DM me whenever you want. Uh, Yeah. And eventually they did DM me. uh, Nothing substantial, but I replied back. I really wanted to talk to them in person because I knew that they would not be able to talk to me that way, like in person. Not like face-to-face person, but like over the phone. They came back, wrote like a little message uh, that really didn't say anything. So I was like, look, I don't want to talk about it like here. like I actually want us to call like I want to call you cool. And they're all like, I don't feel comfortable with that
1: exactly And that was that
0: I never talked to them again and then um, they're all like can we just move on from this and I'm all like, we cannot talk about this ever again. And honestly, that was uh, a really big break in why that group didn't really work out because I did honestly feel pretty betrayed. Uh, by the other members because mm. <laughs> like I said I didn't know where they stood like I really had no idea uh, I guess I could have just asked them but I was kind of like after that i had happened with Victor like I tell it very candidly now but back then like I felt very like afraid that everyone else was like Victor right because we don't know <laughs> you don't you yeah. don't and there weren't a lot of people of color in that group to be quite honest oh I didn't know that either mm-hmm. so there's that Uh, I do have to give a shout out to Draco because Draco, like, always had my back. Like, I was able to reach out to them. They're a very, very good listener. They've helped me, like, get through
1: all those, like, really bad, guilty feelings I felt and stuff like that. Oh, I see. Right, because it's really scary to speak out like that. And especially, I don't know, do you feel like, because you're, I feel like Draco was able to use her privilege a lot as a white person to, you know, Speak out. How do you feel like your race might have made you feel uncomfortable or like scared of talking about it?
0: I don't know if uh, my race, maybe in Asian, ever made me feel like scared or uncomfortable to talk about it. But I felt like that definitely played a role mm. in how they respected me. Yeah, because like I said earlier, after the whole conversation happened, like in our uh, group space public group space victor reached out to draco unprompted to apologize right exactly not to but you. i didn't get the same apology like why because i wasn't as angry or because um i really don't know and i don't think i could ever understand it but i think it has something to do with oh man i made another white person angry that's bad <laughs> we, we gotta stick together i'm gonna apologize to them mm-hmm so yeah, that's the only thing I could chalk it up to because I really don't understand why they wouldn't reach out to me afterwards either. Yep. So that is a long, terrible story about Victor and how an attempt to talk to a friend like literally uh, went the worst way possible, to be quite honest. Uh, so that's unfortunate. And at that point, that's when I knew I had to cut the friendship off or any type of relationship off because their values are always going to be different from mine. Like They could say that we could still be friends, even though we have different quote, political opinions, end quote, but that's an opinion I can't accept. Like, if you like Hitler, I can't accept that opinion. <laughs> like, we can't be friends. Yeah. I'm not saying that Victor likes Hitler, but I'm just saying that <laughs> I, have, I have cut off points from when <laughs> I don't want to put energy into our relationship, you know? Yeah, Yeah. that's the whole thing about um, our experience with internet spaces. Overall, I feel like in the internet world, trying to talk to people about black lives matter was pretty overall maybe even unsuccessful Mm -hmm. chaotic and draining
1: i agree it gave me a lot of like nervousness and anxiety apprehension pretty much like waiting for a response or like crafting the response and for what we i really don't know if it did much but Mm -hmm. I can just play. All right. I, I I tried and I think that was not the route. I'm just going to focus on our next topic and how we talk to our in real life peers and our friends, I think is more effective.
0: Yeah. Well, so why don't you start off, Davi, because I was talking forever about Victor and Draco.
1: For sure. Okay. So I generally, I have friends who are in support of Black Lives Matter. So I was not very concerned about that. My main concern was kind of how like people went on if they like, publicly on social media um, supported Black Lives Matter. So the issue is um, some people think it's not okay to call people out and to like make them feel bad for not posting anything about Black Lives Matters on social media like Instagram, you know, Facebook, etc. Um, so the issue is, is it okay to push people to share Black Lives Matter or is it okay Is it not okay to make people feel bad about not posting Black Lives Matter, assuming they're helping the movement in other ways? I don't know for me I'm like bro just post something like it's like yeah okay the, my whole thing is like, just because you're uncomfortable does that mean you're not safe mm-hmm. what's the harm in posting like a BLM story or you know a BLM post I, I don't know I and, and understand it's scary when I first did it I was like should I and then like after you do it a few times it's like all right so uncomfortable but I'm still doing it mm-hmm. uh, and I think the reasons why it's important um, is because, first of all, it's a movement. It's not just going to be like one day. It's like months. It's, it can be years long. You need to show people like the injustice. You need to remind them. I'm, in my head, it's not a hard decision for me. Like just post it, dude.
0: Yeah, it's really not that hard, you know.
1: Like what people are afraid of is when they make like
0: a little post in their 24-hour story. No, Mm -hmm. one of their followers or fucking real life friends is going to DM them like, how dare you support Black Lives Matter? (laughs) You're a fucking idiot. (laughs) That's what they're afraid of, which is, first of all, that's not going to happen unless you're friends with literal racist. Um, Most people are just going to ignore you if they don't care. And uh, the people who do care are going to be like, oh, my God, that's amazing that you support that you know you touched on it like posting online is literally the least you could do yes literally I'm not saying it's bad like please continue posting online but it is the least you could do (laughs) (laughs) and it's really not that hard you press on Instagram you press the fucking airplane button you put it in your story and you're all like well that took five seconds
1: yeah exactly so like Oh, I know people are afraid of potential lashback and it's scary, but yeah. But then you also want to think about okay, th- for those who reply like that, you know how then you know what's up. <laughs> yeah, like, good. I hope they replied at that so I could fucking block them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, it's totally funny. I have a friend, she's really bold, but um, somebody replied back about Black Lives Matters and like an opposition of it. And she like screenshotted it and put on her story. And like, that's why I blocked these motherfuckers. She was like, I did not. That. Reading out, weeding <laughs> out the snakes. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of, luckily, uh, I've only had one bad experience and one neutral one. Um, it was not quite a battle, but uh, my friend kind of like asked me, um, there's this very popular quote, it says, if you're neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. So similar to like, silence um, silence. violence. In my stories i have had messages about like yeah like if you guys don't post stuff on black lives matters like you really should and if you don't then you're on the side of the oppressor type thing you know um so my my really close friend who i know is like very much about like social um, black lives matters she asked me hey you know like um, i have a question like since i don't post about black lives matter on my social media because i'm pretty quiet on social media in general like am i choosing the side of the oppressor and i was like damn let me think What are your initial thoughts, Carolyn? To answer your
0: question bluntly, like, yeah, 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 she is. Yeah. And look, that might be a hard pill to swallow. We literally just had a discussion about how easy it is to just post one thing on social media. And you might think that it doesn't matter, but you influence, you touch a lot of people on social media. Even if you only have like 50 followers, those are like probably the people you know in real life. Mm -hmm. And they're going to see that and they're like, oh, maybe I should think about that some more, you know? not everyone's a a trumpet thinking that (laughs) white people are supreme but it's like why her question is like why should I and then I would counter that like well why not exactly like the good that comes from it is uh so much more than the potential bad the irrational bad that could come from it right yeah irrational bad being backlash From a secret QAnon trumpet who's like raging on you Mm -hmm. for posting in your fucking story about Black Lives Matter. That is an irrational fear. It is. Unless you have like 100,000 followers and you have a
1: lot of eyes on you, that's not going to happen. Right. Exactly. So I I eventually ended up answering a question like with more explanation, but I basically said, yeah, Mm -hmm. you are like, unfortunately, I'm sorry, like, because even if they are doing work, like donating, yeah, in the front end, it's like, you're, you, you're silent. So unfortunately, and at the same
0: time, it's like, Oh, what if I'm doing work on the ground, like donating? And it's so, all like, it's about creating conversation, entering your credit card info and clicking donate. is not a motherfucking conversation. Now, please continue donating. That is really nice to do. Mm-hmm. But you need to talk to people. And even though making a post or making a story is like an indirect way to start a conversation it's still starting a conversation Mm -hmm. you can't just say like oh i'm donating and i'm reading i'm like but what does what about all these other people who don't know what's going on and like they don't think anyone cares because no one's talking about it
1: yeah and i think it's pretty common for us to think oh people don't care like why shouldn't little old me post Mm -hmm. something but it's true like i didn't think people give a shit but just to like you know, give it like anecdote story, like I posted something about like calling out versus calling in, like you should post it And one person was actually very vulnerable and she messed She DM to me and she was like, Hey, like, thank you so much for posting this. Like this really called me out. And like, I'm going to, you know, start to post about BLM. Yeah. Does that always happen? Hell no. For some reason it happened with me. Mm-hmm. So just, just to show you, like, even though you don't get like a physical or uh, a virtual, like, Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, again, people, you know, like people watch your stories if they I don't know. That's that's just that's an example of how you potentially can affect somebody for the better. Exactly. Like we can't underestimate
0: the power we have over people because we do. And a lot of people, I feel like underestimate how much power they have because you have a lot of power. Everybody listening has a lot of power. Like you really could change somebody's mind. When you give someone a compliment, they feel good. You've influenced them to feel a way. When Mm -hmm. you say something mean to someone, you made them feel bad. You've influenced them to feel some type of way.
1: Yeah. And to even go further with my friend um, who I, you know, I came to grips. I was like, yeah, you are on the side of the oppressor. I'm really proud of her because after that, um, she posted on social media and she went to a protest with me Mm -hmm. and she was really scared, but she still did it. And I'm really, really proud of her.
0: That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I like that. That it is a hard pill to swallow, but she swallowed it. And dealing and confronting with the ways that we support racism is a hard fucking pill to swallow. Yeah. But we have to swallow. (laughs) 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 That that taken out of
1: context. (laughs) But yes, people- We are social beings. We have power. I know it doesn't seem like it on a day-to-day basis, but individually and as a group, that's why the whole social contract, if our government is not treating us how the way we want to treat them, we can Mm -hmm. abolish them. We can start over. Like, we don't, you know? Yeah, and maybe some
0: people are like, oh, but it's performative activism. Why do I need to post it online? Because it's just performative. And I'm like, well, there's an easy solution to that. Don't make it fucking performative, like post and then do something Mm -hmm. like you. It's
1: very easy to stop being performative. Just actually care. Yeah, exactly. Like I was feeling a little performative when I was like screenshotting my donations. Mm -hmm. But my intention was honestly so other people can donate because if they just say donate, but you don't know if they actually did, then Mm it doesn't really matter. But like I have had a friend who like donated money to like um, undocumented uh people who are undocumented and I was like I I should do that too <laughs> I was like, yeah yeah like it, it influences people because
0: you know like you said we're social creatures
1: yeah we wanted to end off this podcast episode with just some insight about the civil rights movement so I thought my misconception was like everyone was gung-ho about the civil rights movement who you know supported it but the reason one of the reasons why it was so successful is because of social pressure. Legit, like on the bus rides, the organizers, the key ones would ask, hey, are you going next week? Multiple people were asking, their first, are you going next week? Or, uh, I'm going, they're going, you know, Carolyn's going, Davi's going.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not
1: going? Hmm, why? They really lay social pressure on people um, to really build momentum. Mm-hmm. And that was able to, you know, the, that was really effective because it gained and sustained the momentum like that way. So I think we can really apply that to 2020, 20, 2021, and the continuation of Black Lives Matters and other moment uh, movements for liberation and justice. So in conclusion, we have a quote from RBG, RIP, about talking about racial injustice to your friends or how you should lead your way. Fight for the things that you care about but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. We're going to
0: wrap up today's podcast here. We want to hear from you. So what are your stories about talking to your peers, friends, and or coworkers about Black Lives Matter, racial injustice, or political discussions in general? Or do you have any techniques that work well for you when you're talking about that? Or is something hindering you from talking about that kind of stuff? You could send us your opinions, questions, and thoughts at just2asianwoman at gmail.com. And you can find our podcast on Spotify, Anchor FM, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with your friends. That would be awesome. You'll hear from us again next week. Again, my name is Carolyn. And I'm Dobby and we're just, just
1: two, two Asian, Asian women. Love. Yay! Yay. <laughs> that was good, <laughs> that was good.